0: Welcome to the Garden Church Podcast. Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. We continue our series called Rule of Life. We are mapping out 12 rules for life. These are broken up into four different categories to empower you to live as a resilient disciple of Jesus. This series is really just the beginning. We've developed a course alongside this series to empower you to focus on how to live out each of these rules. Now, we could probably do a series on every single topic. We are finishing the series under the kind of the heading of soul care. Last week, Amanda talked about the need to steward your mind, and she did a great job of preaching Uh, on how to develop and empower yourself to flourish in caring and stewarding your mind. Today, I'm going to talk about uh, what it is required of us as followers of Jesus to steward our bodies. Um, I want to say, first of all, that you are a sacred resource and your life requires stewardship. It requires you to take seriously the fact that God has called you, saved you, um, resourced you, empowered you to live here and now. And he wants to fill you with his presence and he wants to train you to live well. And so one of the aspects of life is learning to live here and now with Jesus as our rabbi. And what I want to say this morning is that your body matters. So today we're going to talk about Um, what it means to create rhythms, routines, and practices around caring and stewarding your body because your body matters. So Jesus, I pray right now that you release us into this conversation. I know that there's all sorts of shame and fear and questions and um, even guilt around our bodies. So I pray, Lord, that you liberate us from that and I pray where there's sin, where there's shame, where there's guilt, you would allow us to come out of hiding and be free today. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple of things personally I want to share with you. For most of my life, um, something strange would happen to me physically around the Christmas break, even when I was a kid. I would get sick every year around the Christmas holiday. For whatever reason, I would get a bug, cold, the flu, Um, I would get some type of sickness and I'd find myself crashing and sleeping during the Christmas break. And it was, it it got worse as I got older, especially when I started the garden church and I discovered there was this problem with how I was living my life. Now, um, we've talked about this before. I've talked about this with you, that when I started the church, um, my mind in my mind, I believed that the church was the most important priority in my life. So preparing sermons, studying, counseling, pastoral care, administration, discipling, uh, ministry work, uh, caring for the city around us, that was the priority. And when Alex and I started the church, we would work 100 to 140 hours a week. We just were relentless combined. We, We just worked nonstop church planning because so much of our life was consumed by ministry and i know some of you can relate to this i sacrificed hobbies like playing basketball surfing caring for myself because i thought that's what missional work required and on top of that as years went on the stress increased busyness increased and the unprocessed brokenness of my soul pushed me into anxiety Pushed me to work harder, to run faster, and I became angry. I became depressed. I started having panic attacks. I started dealing with so much anxiety. I I had I had um, exhaustion. I would sleep plenty and always feel tired. And then I started coping with these uh, these unhealthy emotions, these unhealthy experiences with food and drinks and checking out on Netflix and TV. I was physically sick. I got to the point a few years ago where um, I had intestinal issues and the doctor started treating me for physical conditions that were related after three months of different things of trying to test what was going on. It was just stress related that I was causing myself to bleed internally because of stress. Now that's pretty graphic and that's pretty intense, but what I learned through this experience is that there's a direct connection to our mental, emotional, social, and spiritual capacities. There's a direct connection to our body and our well-being because you are a soul. And I realized that I had an unhealthy view of God and a disconnected, disembodied view of spirituality, which I'll talk about in a second. And I think for some, some ways, what I practice is what many of us believe, which is one of the earliest Christian heresies. It's called Gnosticism. Gnosticism was one of the first Christian heresies that even John and his epistles, 1 John, Second John, and even 3 John, we see him address these issues. That There was this view uh, in, in a Greek culture that the material is bad and the spiritual is good. And so there was a, a separation and disembodiment of things that matter. You see, the Christian theology is that the physical and spiritual are together because everything is spiritual. In the Hebrew, Hebrew language, there wasn't a word for spiritual because that would mean that there's something that is unspiritual, not spiritual. And what you have to recognize is that we are not spirits. Um, uh, we are not just bodies with spirits, that we are a soul. And our body is holistically integrated to our soul, which is what we've talked about so many times, that our soul is physical and spiritual. And so, um, and emotional and mental and relational. So a human body that's not alive with the full dimensions of the soul is a corpse. A body without the spirit, emotions, relations, and mind is a corpse. Are you with me? Just look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter two, um, verse seven, God says then, or the Bible writes, um, then the Lord God formed a man from dust. Um, uh, Sorry, let me read that again. Then the, the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So this is the image, Genesis chapter two. It's the second creation account where God takes man and he forms and and uh, f- forms man from the dust of the ground, and then breathes his ruach, the spirit of life, into his n- nostrils, and he becomes a living being. So humans are are at home in the physical and spiritual. That is what makes us human in the image of God, both physical and spiritual. So we are to be united in the spirit and in the physical world. We're not supposed to evacuate the physical place and float like caspers without bodies. We will be physical. In other words, the physical world matters. In John chapter one, uh, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word is referring to Jesus. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And then if you skip to verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So Genesis says that humanity is made in, in the image of God. And the way God makes humanity is from the physical realities the substance and the spiritual realities that we are both at home in the physical and spiritual. That's what makes us human. And then it says, Jesus, God became flesh and made his dwelling among us or moved into the neighborhood. Jesus had a physical body. Jesus has a physical body after the resurrection. So he currently exists in a physical body that is both at home in the age to come, the heavenly spaces, and on earth, according to the resurrection text that we read in Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John's gospel. So all to say, according to the scriptures, your body matters. And what you do with your body has spiritual implications. Now, burnout and exhaustion and overworking and not resting and not taking care of your body is a sinful issue. That's what I believe. I believe that there are there is pride in our inability to care for ourselves physically. That's going to be harsh. But that's what I realized as I burnt out because of um, misplaced love. You see, in my mind... I was called to go uh, to build something, to do the Lord's work at the expense of my soul. But Jesus never asked that of me. And we do this all the time because we don't actually think we have value. When Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, he's saying we are called to love God with our very being and essence that when we actually put our love to God first with our very being, that will naturally l- move us to care for ourselves the way God cares for us. We have to learn to cultivate a mindset that places value on our bodies. Now, I'm going to talk about how we, we have aligned our values of the body to a cultural perspective, but... God cares for our physical well-being as well. Are you with me? Your body matters. I just want to make that abundantly clear. And then I'm going to give you some practicals. Check this out. If you have a Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to show you something. Now, if you have little ones, I'm going to talk about some content that might be PG-13. So if you want to get earmuffs or send them out of the room, I would do that right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13, it says this. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Now look at what he says. He says, The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then? take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So Paul is dealing dealing with a crisis, much like today in Corinth, 2,000 years ago. Now, It's not as specific as 2,000 years ago in Corinth, but there are some similarities. Again, this is for those at home that are PG-13, above 13. If you want to help process this with your kids, I totally understand. Um, But I want to gently frame this knowing that we have different age groups. Paul is addressing a form of pagan worship that was going on in the church. The church was still practicing pagan forms of worship, which um, had physical activities happening at pagan temples that um, were sexual in nature. And that those physical activities were associated to worshiping those deities. They were going to temple where there were prostitutes and to partake in that sort of thing was a, a, a form of worship. And Paul essentially is saying that kind of practice is no longer appropriate. It's a sexual ethic that we are called to live counterculturally with our bodies. This is one of the most revolutionary things in the first century. The church believed that what you did with your body mattered. All right? In other words, Paul's saying your body has been corrupted by sin in this text. It's been corrupted by sin, but a, your body was not designed for sin. Your body was not designed for sexual immorality or selfish purposes. Your body has a purpose. Your body has a why attached to its creation. There is a reason why you have a body. Your body was designed for the Lord and the Lord for the body. In other words, your body is the space that the presence of God will occupy. Think about that. We're going to hit on that in a second when he talks about your body being a temple. But your body has a why. You are called to steward your physical body. And for some reason, in the evangelical church, we have detached the care and careful stewardship of our physical bodies from spiritual things. We want Jesus to carry our our prayer life. We want Jesus to care for our Bible studies and whatever, but we detach, we dis, we disembody spirituality from the physical material realm, but your body matters. Just a quick side note. Sex was designed by God and sex is powerful and it is a gift. Are you with me? Sex was designed by God. It is good. It is powerful and it is a gift. It is a gift. And phys- the physical act of sex, according to this text, creates a spiritual bond. And I just want to just make this a quick caveat because I think you need to hear this, especially um, actually, everyone needs to hear this. In Genesis, it says, we will become one flesh when we are united to our spouses. All right? There is a uniting of souls with any sexual activity, any sexual activity. Everything is connected. All right? And this is why there are rules within Scripture to, that govern the gift that God gives us because anything that has power has rules that govern it. Electricity, If you've ever tried to fix the electrical work in your house, you know there are rules that govern electricity. It is a good thing to have electricity. Can I get an amen? Yes. What happens when you don't have electricity? It's a struggle. There's all sorts of things. We witnessed this in Texas. It's dangerous at different times of year. Electricity is powerful. There are rules that govern its power. Sex is designed by God. And there are rules that govern sex because it's powerful and its purpose is a gift from God. And like electricity, sex is more than just a primal physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's powerful. And according to scripture, sex is so powerful that it is a gift that requires covenantal marriage relationship, union of a man and a woman over the course of a lifetime that is the only context that empowers the true intent of sexuality to be explored, experienced, and enjoyed. Anything outside of, of sexual, any, anything outside of that is sexual immorality. And the body is not designed for sexual immorality or sin. Are you with me? So, a significant challenge in our spiritual growth is that we find Our bodies have been formed and shaped and bent towards sin and mistrust in God. One of the issues we face is that we have been shaped by culture. Our bodies are shaped by culture. The value of what we look like has been shaped by an image dominated by culture. We feel things. And in our culture... We think if we feel something, that is our truth. And so we no longer allow there to be a, an, another form of truth that is ultimate capital T truth that has been given to us through scriptures and creation by God. And we, we don't see ourselves anymore coming under a, an authority like the scriptures. We want to live based on our truth, which is basically our feelings, And this kind of lie has corrupted the church and it's caused the church to live in impurity. And unholiness, and the church is called to purity and holiness. And holiness at first feels so unnatural, like anything that is unnatural at first. It will feel unnatural, but what you have to know is you were designed for holiness and purity. Are you with me? So, if, have you ever tried to eat healthy? Have you ever tried to give up a lifetime of poor eating habits uh, to pursue a diet of health? Maybe you tried a vegan diet, or maybe. You tried to do the Whole30 or something like that. And you realize how hard it is because you have been shaped by habits of poor eating. So when you wake up or when you're hungry, the go-to meals you have conditioned your body to experience are what you desire. So like burgers and fries and burritos. You don't naturally crave kale options at first because it's unnatural. But if you eat it long enough, healthy foods, you will desire the healthy foods in a natural way. You see, we have sinful patterns in our thoughts, in our feelings, embedded into our brain cells, into the biochemistry based on the habits we sh- we are shaped by. And every time we think a thought or do something out of habit, there's a neural pathway that's formed. And we will naturally, out of instinct, think those thoughts and perform those unintentional habits and crave those things because It's been shaped over a long period of time. And spiritual formation is learning to change these thoughts and habits. We want to train our bodies to do what Jesus would physically do without having to think about it. That's what it means to be a disciple, to be shaped into Christ's likeness. Are you with me? So habits are what got Peter, the apostle Peter, into trouble when he denied Jesus when he was warming himself up by the fire as Jesus was arrested. Dallas Willard once said in a class, and I'm quoting this, that Peter wasn't paying attention to his body when he said, no, I won't deny you, Jesus. But Jesus knew Peter would deny him. Peter tried to be faithful to Jesus and he cut off a soldier's ear. Later, a girl confronts him And the denial just rolls off the tongue of Peter. Peter wanted to do what was right, but he was prepared to do what was wrong. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 26, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. The problem wasn't the heart, his desire. It was his body. Peter had conditioned himself to do What he knew how to do which was to when confronted with the crisis will you be arrested too peter he says no i never knew him he would train himself but later in life over a long period of time peter will not deny jesus ever again romans 6 says this and just to emphasize this romans chapter 6 verse 11 it says in the same way count yourselves dead to sin but alive to god in christ jesus therefore do not let sin Reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sh- sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Paul is saying, we we no longer have to let sin reign, rule, have dominion over our bodies. We don't have to obey the sinful desires of our physical flesh, our sinful ways, our self-focused nature, but actually we can offer our bodies as instruments of righteousness, tools for God's purposes. Literally every part of our body can be given as an instrument of righteousness. If you continue in that passage in First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his body. So when you sin sexually, you're sinning against your physical body. And he says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And there it is. As disciples, as men and women saved by the grace of God, we're called to honor God with our physical bodies. Because our bodies are now temples, which is a significant statement we've talked about. Temple was the central image for the Jewish um, person it was the most important place on earth it's where the physical and spiritual met the temples are designed to represent god to humanity so you are now a living space that represents god on earth your body is that sacred space where heaven and earth meet you are a mini mobile temple and the purpose of a temple is to represent god on earth and paul is literally saying the presence of god is with you and in you in your physical being. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body, it houses the presence of God. So as we live in communion with God and his presence with us, we must learn to cultivate an environment that allows for our spiritual life to flourish, which includes our bodies, to be a temple that honors God. Are you with me? That's what Romans 12 says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal or renewing of your mind. This is the whole point. Your response to all that God has done is to offer your physical bodies as a sacrifice. Offer your body as a sacrifice. Is the total yielding of every part of your body to God until the very tissues and muscles that make it up are inclined toward God and godliness and are vitalized in action by the powers of heaven breaks all conformity with the worldly life in this age and transforms us into conformity with the age to come by completely Pleading, excuse me, the renewal of our minds, our powers of thought and imagination and judgment deeply rooted in our bodies. Come on. So all to say your body matters. What you do with your, with your physical body is a spiritual practice. And so it's taken me years to understand this. It took a few burnouts. It's taken me the recognition that I haven't stewarded my physical body in ways that actually produce health. And now I know that there are limitations. I know that for many of us, there are physical restraints. And so I'm talking about this and we, some of us don't have, um, power over physical things, sickness, um, disabilities, all sorts of, all sorts of things. And I want you to know that you will be healed in this age or in the age to come that wholeness is something God promises. And so we have hope. And so as we age, we know that our bodies will face limitations, but God is going to renew that. Amen. So I want to give you some practices to steward your physical health, steward your body as you implement this as a rule of life. Number one, you have to release your body to God. You have to recognize that your body has an important role in serving and honoring the Lord. So as you read scripture and meditate I want you to also think of your physical body as part of God's instrument. So you are called to release it to God, to offer your physical body parts to God. It may sound silly or strange, but some of you recognize that your body's been corrupted with lust and sexual immorality. And it's time for you to consecrate your physical bodies. Ask the Lord to make it whole, release it to God, and let every part of your body be um, used as an instrument of righteousness. The second, after you release your body to the Lord, I want you to accept your body as it is. No longer idolize your body. Don't allow your life to be um, driven and don't allow your body to be given over to the things of culture, but allow it to be given to the Lord for his purposes. So embrace it as it is with sickness, with aging, with fatigue and exhaustion, with limitations. In stage of life, don't don't worship your body and idolize it like culture. Accept the reality of its size, uniqueness, its shape. Learn to love the things about your body. Stop comparing your physical body to the people around you or to the standards of the world. This is destroying people. Accept it and say thank you. So we start by offering it over to the Lord and accepting it. The third thing I want to ask you to do is choose to no longer misuse your body. You do not first use your body for self-gratification or sensual desires. You submit your body as a tool for the Lord. And so with that, require stewardship. So there are things we'll talk about. Practice stewardship. Become aware of the addictions you have physically. Learn to manage the stress. Stress and emotions in healthy ways. And they come out physically. So for me, there were, there were um, flashing lights happening before the burnout. I was exhausted. I was using too much caffeine. I was checking out all sorts of escapist behaviors. I was irritable. My body was tired. I didn't honor my body with rest. So choose to no longer misuse your body. So how do you steward your body and create practices. This is going to sound silly for some of you, but it's a spiritual discipline. Get enough sleep. Number one, most important thing you can do for your body is sleep. Can I get an amen? Now, there are stages of life where this is going to be limited. If you have kids, some of you don't need as much, but most people need seven to nine hours of sleep. So go to bed early so you get enough sleep. Number two, eat food that's healthy. There is no such thing as neutral foods. It's either healthy or it's going to make you sick. This is a fact. So recognize that there are foods that are designed to keep you addicted to it. There are foods that are unhealthy. And for some of you, as I'm talking about eating healthy, you know, and it's not coming from culture. I'm not talking about a diet culture. I'm talking about eating healthy foods that that bring life. The third thing, sleep, eating healthy, is to exercise regularly. You should exercise. And I know that for some of you, this is very hard. This is a challenge, but it requires discipline. Let me tell you something. So I have two kids, um, my wife homeschools. And so we, 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 we have had to uh, quarantine during COVID because I have, uh, my wife is high risk and my son is high risk with lung issues. And so it has not been easy. So we haven't had the support we've had before, uh, before COVID hit. So it's been, it's been a struggle to maintain a healthy rhythm. And I saw myself getting irritated and frustrated because I need some time to myself. I can't just do ministry and do the church and and watch the kids and try to be a good husband. You know there's a lot going on. One of the things that I'll get frustrated about is I couldn't get time to rec- exercise until I realized that I could wake up early and go to the garage and work out. And as long as I woke up early enough, I could get as much time to myself that I needed. And so what was always a, a mindset of being a victim to my schedule. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Where you feel like the world that you're in, you're a victim to it. So I, I changed that mindset. I took responsibility and I began to wake up uh, at 430 every day. I wake up every day at 430 except when I Sabbath. Um And I I spend time with God and I exercise every single day. I try to exercise six days a week because for me, caring for my body and stewarding my soul requires exercise. I just have to do it. Physical activity is so important. So don't make excuses. Just make a plan and execute a plan. Can I get amen? So get enough sleep. Eat healthy, exercise regularly. Sabbath, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Embrace your limitations. Everyone has a limitation. So if you're in school, you have limitations. If you start a new job, you have limitations. If you just got married, there's some new limitations. For every kid that you have, there's a new limitation. So embrace the stage of life and the season of life you're in. Honor it and, and practice those things. The other thing for your body, learn to relax learn to relax in ways that physically fill you up physically restore your body practice moderation learn to mod, uh, to to eat and drink things with moderation in mind um the other practice you can do is worship with your body stand dance kneel lay down do it as a discipline there's disciplines of abstinence practice fasting eliminate caffeine don't drink alcohol choose to do a Daniel diet. Learn to practice those things to empower your life. Lastly, enjoy the gift of pleasures. This is part of the discipline. Learn to enjoy the taste, the touch, the the things that you see and hear and smell. These are all gifts from the Lord. He gives us these things to enjoy. Enjoy those things. If you're married, enjoy sex with your spouse. It's a gift. Can I get an amen? That's part of what it means to cultivate a healthy body. So take care of your body, steward your body. I believe God wants to empower us in the season to be stewards um, of our mind, our body, and our emotions. And so I, I hope that you will take seriously the call to rest and enjoy um, this next season and to steward your body well. I believe the Lord wants to set some of you free from the, that shame and that guilt. And I believe some of us need to repent from dishonoring our bodies and take courage, have courage to change the life patterns and habits that we have. God wants to heal you of some of those past experiences and bring inner healing to produce physical health. So God bless you guys. Um, Let's keep going. There'll be more on this subject as we enter into the course. So make sure you look at the course this week to figure out how you you can create a plan to steward your body. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit Garden.Church.